This is Photo BizX, episode number 452, and today we are returning to talk to the coaching diarists. Well, not so much talking to them, but we're getting an update from four of the five coaching diarists from last year who will be updating on where they are now with their photography businesses 12 months on from signing up and starting to work with their respective photography business coaches. Those audio diary entries are coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I have been talking about releasing this one for the last few weeks and finally it is here. We're getting some updates from Nick Buttigieg, who is a Western Australian based photographer. He was working with Joel Dunn, the photography and mindset business coach. Following an update from Nick, we're going to hear from Richard Grenfell of Thrive Photography, who signed up 12 months ago with Steve Saperito. We're also going to hear from Richard Hill, who is based in Texas, USA, who has a fantastically successful business, a great story. He signed up and has been working with Bernie Griffiths. And we're going to finish with Scott and Nicolette Bolson. Well, the update is from Scott from Dreams in Colour Photography in Queensland, Australia, who signed up with photography business coach Mark Rosetto 12 months ago. So I'm looking forward to getting into those. If you'd like to hear the original interviews and updates from these photographers to put you in the bigger picture, head back 12 months in the podcast archives and you'll hear individual interviews with each of these photographers to get an idea of exactly where they were at that point in time, why they signed up with their photography business coaches, what they've been working on up until that point with their coaches. And in addition to their backstories, you'll get some great ideas on how to grow your photography business with ideas that their coaches have been sharing with them. Now, the initial interview that I recorded 12 months ago was with Asif Ali, who signed up with Umberto Garcia. That was for episode 395. Unfortunately, I have not been able to get in touch with Asif to get an update on where he is now with his business, which is a real shame. I tried multiple times via email and social media, and yeah, for some reason or another, I just couldn't get in touch with Asif to hear how he's going. With that aside, if you jump into that interview and the following interviews, 396, 7, 8, and 9, you'll hear full interviews, full and detailed interviews with each of today's diarists. In addition to those initial interviews, each of the photographers gave updates over the next few months as well. And today, we put a bow, if you like, on their stories, although I'm sure that we'll be getting updates in the future as well, particularly if you are a premium member, because each of these diarists are inside the members' Facebook group as well. Now, along with the audio from today's episode, you'll find links to each of these photographers, their coaches, their initial interviews, all in the show notes. They are at photobizx.com forward slash 452. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. A couple of quick things before we get into the audio diary updates. If you didn't catch last week's interview with Michelle Tricker, make sure you get back and have a listen to that one, particularly if you love the idea of creating large-scale photography projects, projects that you are passionate about to shine the light on things that you care about and matter in your life. 
Michelle is as much an artist with a point of view that she wants to share with as many people as possible with her photography. She talks all about her big, big projects, raising money for those projects, getting funding, setting up the shoots, displaying the artwork on the side of semi-trailers and in exhibitions. She covered so much in addition to talking about her actual photography business. It's all there in last week's interview with Michelle Tricker. And while talking about last week, I did send an email like I do most weeks to PhotoBizX members and email subscribers. And in that email, I talked about something funny that happened on my trip away a couple of weeks ago to Bright, where one of my friends asked if he could have a bone-shaped cookie at the coffee shop that we all stopped at. He was the only one that went for this bone-shaped cookie. And as we were all sitting around enjoying our coffee and cakes, <laughs> James bit into his cookie only to find that it was a dog biscuit. <laughs> uh, he immediately spat the thing out <laughs> with a look of utter disgust, much to all of our delight. Uh, it, was, it was a very, very funny moment. <laughs> he was so embarrassed. And uh, I didn't say in the email, but a little while later, the uh, waitress or one of the staff came out to clear our tables. And I asked if she had had any reviews on the dog biscuits <laughs> that were for sale in the coffee shop. Uh, she said no. And I proceeded to let her know that James would be happy to write one up for the shop if they wanted one. <laughs> She said, I was wondering why a cyclist was buying a dog biscuit. <laughs> I can't imagine that they would have had their dog out with them on the bike. Anyway, I asked if you had any embarrassing moments that you would be happy to share. And I got so many fantastic replies. Look, I just want to share a couple with you just for fun, because these are just too good to share. The first one is from Kate from New Zealand. And she says that she was on a Zoom call with her studio manager. And while she was on that call, another staff member turned up for work at the studio and she realized that she didn't have any pants on. <laughs> she did go on to explain <laughs> that this happened during a heat wave there in New Zealand. She was uh, Zooming in a, in a shirt and she said she did have her undies on. <laughs> <laughs> but she said it was so hot that her eyeballs were sweating and the studio manager got a real laugh out of uh, Kate rushing to get her pants on in the nick of time. <laughs> I love this one as well from Deb from Australia. She says that she has lots of embarrassing moments, but recently she had a family session and the family was sitting on the side of a hill. She was further down on a steeper part of the hill with a heavy backpack on full of all her camera equipment. She squatted down to take some photos and she fell onto her bum and rolled onto her back and couldn't get up. <laughs> she said she felt like a stranded turtle there. The family called out to see if she needed some help, but uh, she replied, no, thank you. <laughs> I would, I would have loved to have been there and seen that. And how about this one from Caroline from Switzerland? She says that her most embarrassing story happened a few years ago on a fresh spring day at an intimate wedding at a lakeside restaurant. She said the bride asked if she could take a few photos of some friends of theirs. And 
Caroline says that she loves to take photos of people walking, especially when they're a little camera shy. So she had them walking towards her while she was walking backwards on a long pier towards a lake. So you can guess where this is going. She says, I was obviously very absorbed in the moment. The next thing I knew, I was submerged, swimming in the lake, fully clothed, two cameras and all. (laughs) She goes on to say that her shoes started floating off and a guy in a passing boat had to come by and help fish me out of the water. I made a very cold and drippy walk of shame back to the bride and groom to tell them what happened. Thankfully, it was the end of the wedding coverage and they were super sweet about everything. Caroline then explained that the cameras and lenses were a total write-off, yay for insurance, but the cards and their pictures were totally fine. She says it's such a cliche, but still can't believe it happened. (laughs) And she was happy that everything worked out okay. That is fantastic, Carolyn. Again, I would love to see photos if, uh, if any were captured of you in the lake there. <laughs> You're lucky, lucky you didn't drown. Uh, and how's this one from Tim from New Zealand? Not, not exactly photography related. He says that during his 20s, after the pub closed on a Saturday night, a load of us went back to his place for a house party. I was storytelling about how good the quality of my cat food was and how it actually looked like stew when I dished it up from the can. Everybody said it can't be that good. So I proved them wrong, got a can, and took a bite of the cat food. (laughs) He says, believe it or not, they ended up being correct, and I was the one who was wrong. Still makes me a little queasy 20 years later. (laughs) Man, I can't believe you actually ate cat food on purpose. And this last one is from Lisa from Australia. She says, I once stood on an ant's nest while in the middle of family photos. The ants bit me in an area that was off limits. (laughs) So there's me jumping and squealing, trying to photograph. I ended up running to the bathroom, stripping off from the waist down to get rid of all the ants. (laughs) Oh my God. I don't have to do that. I, th- I think that'd be the worst one. <laughs> that'd be just absolutely horrible. And that's speaking from a male's point of view. I'm sure it'd be just as bad for a female. Anyway, I hope, uh, I hope you did enjoy those stories, those replies, some of those replies to the email I sent out. I do love sending out those emails and I love it even more when I hear back from you and get a reply. And if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, you'll know that I started changing up the way I write my emails after interviewing Liz Wilcox for episode 434 of the podcast. I signed up for her $9 a month membership, which basically gives me an email template to send out, well, a template to base an email on that I can send out every single week. I absolutely love it. It's an absolute steal. If you want to learn more about that, go and check out photobizx.com forward slash Liz, especially if you are struggling with email newsletters, what to write your subscribers, or if you're struggling just to be consistent with your email marketing, you'll love what she shares every single week. It makes email so much easier. Okay, we are going to jump into these updates from the coaching diarists. I'm not going to have too much commentary between each one of these, so let's jump in and hear where they all are today. We're going to start with Nick Buttigieg from Western Australia. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. 
Hey everyone, it is Nick Buttigieg here from Broome in Western Australia. I thought I would jump on and give you a bit of an update with where I'm at since my first coaching diaries at the end of 2020. So I'm still coaching with Joel Dunn and have been for over 12 months now. I've transitioned my business from a casual side hustle, photographing weddings and doing a little bit of family shoot and burn now to a full-time portrait photography business in that time. I quit my job in February 2021 and have transitioned, yeah, to a, a full-time portrait business essentially. So I'm still in Joel's mastermind group and each week we share our wins, learning and vulnerabilities for the week. So I thought I'd share my wins, learning and vulnerabilities for the year. So my wins for this year have been pretty much survive the year with a newborn and a two-year-old. Uh, we've gotten through the year, my wife and I, um, quitting my job, going full-time in the business. So I feel pretty proud of that. It's getting a little bit easier, but everyone with kids knows what it's like, and especially, yeah, a newborn and a two-year-old, there's been some tough times, but it's also meant going full-time in the business. I've been able to spend lots of time with my sons, which has been, yeah, super amazing and something I won't, I won't regret down the track. Business-wise, has been pretty phenomenal, really, looking back on it all. I've done 82 portrait sales for the year, and I've just ticked over $200,000 in sales, just on the portrait side of things. I could never have imagined or dreamed of doing that in my first year. So my average for the year is just under $2,500 per sale, but my last 10 sales, my average has been around the $3,700 mark. I've upped my prices and just getting the process down has seen a little bit of an increase in, yeah, in the average sale. So my learnings for the year, I think the major one is having a business coach or a mentor is just so, so important and such a huge return on investment as well with them. Joel's just been a guiding light. There's been so many times that I've needed support with things and Joel and even the group have just helped me so much get to where I am. Another learning for me is that when biggest growth happens is when you step outside your comfort zone. And I feel like I got that from Joel from the start and just making big steps and big decisions and being guided by your intuition and what makes you feel uncomfortable. That's where all the big growth happens. And I was so nervous quitting my day job. I really knew I wanted to and had it all set up to do it, but I was quite nervous and I did it. And that's when it just, it all happened. It just blew up and it was just amazing. And some little things in the photography business as well have made me feel uncomfortable, like making phone calls to other businesses for third-party marketing or specific clients, making phone calls. It's just, yeah, those things have been a bit tough, but once you do them, you just get used to it and it's, and it's yeah, it just can grow your business and your mindset so much. I guess some of my vulnerabilities for the year, uh, I just carry a lot. I carry a lot of the business. So the phone calls, the planning appointments, the shoots and the sales. There's just so much going on. There's so many things to juggle, to organize. So I'm doing all that, which can be pretty tough. Also living remote, sort of we live in the top of Western Australia. There's nothing around. It's a two-day drive to the next biggest city. Um, I've really struggled with printing and the orders coming on time. So I've had to deal with some unhappy clients and that does get to me as well. I do get worried and anxious and stressed about it. People pay a lot of money and then they don't get their orders. So that's something I'm working through actually at the moment. So I also feel a bit of stress when people cancel their shoots. It happens consistently, so I'm getting a lot more used to it 
at the moment, but it, it's just, yeah, I've just changed my process a bit and I've started to book in planning appointments before I actually book in their shoot. So I do a, a phone consultation, a planning appointment, and then during the planning appointment, that's when we book in their shoot. And I've seen less cancellations since then. My last vulnerability, which is also a win, I've hired my first employee to do phone calls, which I'm super excited about, but I am a bit nervous as well. I'm a bit nervous because I have control over every aspect of the business. And now I'm sort of, yeah, giving, giving her some phone calls to do, which is, um, yeah, a bit nervous for me, but I feel like she's going to be super awesome and it's going to free up a lot of my time just to do some other things in the business and hopefully, yeah, make more money really. So it's been a pretty phenomenal year this year. I could not have done it without Joel um, and the coaching group. It's just been it's just been phenomenal, really. And yeah, thanks to Andrew and the PhotoBizX community. I hope you all have a great Christmas and a new year, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Wow, how good was that, Nick? Uh, mate, massive thanks again for for taking the time to record that. Congratulations on your success. I I know how amazing Joel is, and uh, I, I know that obviously that you're in great hands. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how things pan out for you. I know that you're planning a move back to Victoria. Uh, I, I'm from memory that's your home state, and uh, yeah, really looking forward to, to following your your move there and uh, seeing how business kicks off and uh, and leaps forward once you get settled. So again, mate, massive thanks for coming on and sharing everything you did. And and for you, the listener, obviously Nick sent this just prior to Christmas 2021 and you're just hearing the recording now, so a couple of months later. Hence the, the 2021 references there and the Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. All right, let's get in and hear from Richard Grenfell, who's working with Steve Saparito. G'day, this is Richard Grenfell from Thrive Photography and doing an end-of-year update as per the request from Andrew, which is a follow-up to uh, the photo biz coaching diaries that uh, Andrew had multiple people on and apparently quite a few of the people requested updates uh, for the people that did it and I'm one of them. So my update is this. So one of the questions Andrew asked me is, you know, how was the year? And to be honest with you, the year was full on for me. I had a number. I didn't quite get the clear run at the photography studio that I hoped I would. And the reason being is I own another business. And if you listen to the original podcast with Andrew, the other business I own is well, owned, I should say, is a pawnbroking shop, which is like cash converters, which where we lend money to people and sell secondhand goods and all that sort of stuff. Sort of at the beginning of the year, we had some staffing issues and I had to go back and work there, which which was a bit of a problem. But the big one was that midway through the year, I made the decision to shut it down on the 1st of October. And the reason that we decided to do that after 14 years of trading is for a few reasons. One of them is that the lease was up for renewal because we are on a 5 by 5 by 5 lease. And the issue was that the premises which we operated from had been purchased by this this weird Christian church. And they're not weird, they're just full on. Um, you're probably thinking, well, what's that got to do with anything? Well, what, what it meant was that because we didn't have a relationship with these people like we did with the previous owners because the previous owners were a family, was held in a family trust, and they'd owned the properties. They owned a number of properties, but they owned the properties since the 60s. They built them back in the early 60s. 
And we had a very, very, very good relationship with them where we could ring them up and say, look, you know, we want to do this. You know, we, can we just, can we please just go for a year? And if it's, you know, if, if it's not working out, can we, can we go from there? And all that type of thing is just, is no problem. And with COVID, we really got knocked around business wise with the pawnbrokers. Uh, and the reason for that is in Australia is that last year, particularly, heaps of money got thrown around with incentives and, and stimulation packages and things like that. And we kind of operate in the opposite of the rest of the economy. And what I mean by that is like say the economy is down and the retail sector is really struggling, that's when we do well. We do well because we're lending money, we're buying heaps of stuff. So there was that. And also the business itself, it stopped growing completely. And in fact, it was probably going backwards a bit. And there's a whole bunch of different reasons for that, which I won't explain here because this is not a pawnbroking podcast. So I made the hard decision to, to shut it. And a lot of people ask me, why didn't you sell it? And the reason I didn't is because I knew, I just knew, having talked to different business brokers and so on, that they're a tough business to sell. They're not very attractive. You know, people, you know, it's not like people when they're in school, they don't sort of say, well, when I grow up, I want to run a pawnbroker and deal with crackheads and lunatics, you know, like that's not what people like to do. So rather than go through the pain of getting it ready for sale, because selling businesses is a bit of a mission, I decided, no, I'll just bite the bullet and, and shut it. And, and in, from a monetary point of view, there probably wasn't a huge amount of difference anyway because in our case, we would get all the loans in, collect all the interest, have a couple of sales, sell all the stock and that type of thing. But it was a big, big, big job. It was like we'd been like in that particular location for 10 years and we had so much shit out the back. Like when I say out the back in storage, it was a big shop, like 6,000 records, thousands of DVDs and CDs. We had all these boxes of stuff that we forgot we even had. You know, just piles of stock we bought because they were available at the time and sort of stockpiled them. So it was ridiculous how much stuff we had. So that was a big, big task, um, closing that down. That chewed up a lot of time, as you'd imagine. It was also a sad time because we'd been there a long time. Like I said, it's, it's kind of like living in a house, I guess. And even though you might not like the house particularly, you know, you get attached to it. And um, also letting go of long-term staff, one bloke we'd had for, you know, like 11 years. So... It was a sad time uh, and a hard time, and but whatever. So we did that. But the upside of that is that now Tracy, my wife, who was running it along with a couple of other blokes, she can now come in and run the administration side of the photography business, which is much neglected. Um, it, <laughs> I'm one of those people. I just concentrate on anything to do with clients, getting things done that's important and sticking everything else in a pile. That's just my nature, which is not a great nature. So, for example, like, you know, there's piles of model releases that need to be scanned and put into the system. You know, the database updated with, you know, birthdays for birthday cards, all that sort of stuff, and just stuff like that, you know. So that's going to be that's going to be awesome. In addition to that, this has nothing to do with business, but my stepfather passed away, and my so I was the executor of the family estate, which is, in theory, a fairly simple task, but in our case it wasn't for various family dynamics, which I won't explain. So that chewed up a heap of time. And then finally what happened was I had a notice from the council that they were resuming the land that the studio is on because they're widening the road. Ugh. So um, now you think, oh, yeah, whatever, that's, that's fine. You just move somewhere else and that's true. But the issue is that up here on the Sunshine Coast is that there is a genuine commercial real estate shortage. When I first started looking at this back in June, I just thought, you know, the agents would tell me, oh, you know, the market's really hot. You know, it's really hard to get a place. And I'm not as thought it was the usual sales bullshit that, that, that they do. And But it's actually true. You know, it's actually true I've, since I've discovered. 
I'd say I looked and looked and looked and looked and looked and looked and looked for another studio, and honestly, I just haven't been able to find anything, you know, like, and I started to compromise what I wanted. Uh, you know, I started looking at things, oh, you know, maybe I can work around that because it just, just sort of sheer lack of um, choice. Then a few weeks ago, I found a place, I was stoked, I put in an offer. When, when I say an offer, I mean I accept it. I said, yeah, I'll take it, but I just want these conditions. And the guy who was there, the main manager guy, because it was held in a superannuation trust, the property, uh, said, yeah, cool. And so we all agreed, shook hands, and all we had to do was get the paperwork. Now, all this time went by, they kept on stalling and making excuses and all this other stuff. So in the end, like, so it was either one of two things. Either they were completely incompetent, which is not a great sign, or they had, you know, possibly someone else on the hook and were biding their time. So in the end, I thought, that's not cool either way, and I withdrew the offer. So now I've gone back to plan A from like a year ago, which is building a studio on my property. So and that's, what I'm, that's, and so that's actually what I'm doing. I've got the ball rolling with that. And, in fact, I've got the guy coming out today to, to do the inspection and get for the council approvals and that type of thing, and that will be built within five months just in the nick of time to get out of this other place before the bulldozers come through. It was actually something that I didn't want to do. I wanted to stay in a proper commercial place because I just, I don't know, maybe it's just my, my thinking, but I just kind of like being, it's, it's probably an old dude mindset, you know what I mean? It's probably just me being old school, but I kind of think there's a lot of validity to having a proper place. And one of the things that did happen is I've done really well out of headshots this year which I'll talk about a little bit later, I guess, but, but that bothered me that I would start losing that business. But in the end, like, due to, due to A, due to nowhere else to go, and B, when I started looking at it, I sort of kept on creeping up in price. It's kind of like buying a computer or something, you know, like you start, oh, I'm going to spend a grand on a computer, and, you know, and then, you know, you start shopping around, and all of a sudden, oh, maybe more RAM would be good, maybe more hard drive space would be good, and before you know you spent two, you know, $2,000, and that was what it was like when I was looking for this studio. And it got to the point where this place I'd actually wanted to take, two years' rent will cover the build of the studio. So my plan now is to operate out of this place for about three years and then I will then move into a commercial place again when the market's died down a bit, hopefully. And the reason I want to do that is because I do want to sell the business and it's very difficult in my, my mind and everyone I've ever spoken to to sell a home-based business, unless, of course, you're a completely mobile thing, you know, like a plumber or something. But it is very difficult to sell that when the premises you operate from is from your house. So that's the plan, three years here, then I'll go five years somewhere else, and then I'll sell it. So, yeah, it's been a very interrupted year. It's been a painful year, and you know, personally and business-wise. But it, I did well, you know. Like I said in the original podcast, that my goal was to do 260. I didn't get to 260 because I had such an interrupted season. And uh, I got to way over 100, way over 100,000 for the year, which is good. Now, in terms of the actual photography studio, I've been improving all the time. I'm always looking for ways to improve. Probably the biggest thing that I've come to realise, and this is going to sound a bit weird to some people, is I finally figured out how to talk to avatars and ideal clients. And... I've heard this for years, you know, in various things. And to be honest with you, I just thought it was a lot of bullshit. You know, I thought, you know, what? You know, it just didn't make Even though I understood what they were talking about, I certainly did not understand it at an emotional level, that's for sure. But my friend Lorraine, who's in the group, she earbashed into me the importance of them and used my analogy of, so I couldn't quite figure it out. 
She said, well, what do you love? And I said, well, I don't know. I love my kids. She goes, yeah, that's fine. Like, everyone like, you know. And she said, what, you're, what are you really passionate about? And I said, eh, you, know, you know. And she said, well, what about, you know, the Richmond Football Club? Because I'm a mad Richmond supporter. I'm a grown man, middle-aged, watch them every week, yell at the TV, know all the players' names. And it doesn't make any sense. I'm, you know, I don't know any of these people. What they do in their lives has no effect on me. But I'm fully invested in that footy club. It's pathetic. And so I started, you know, I spent thousands of dollars flying to the MCG to catch up with mates and go to the games and things like that. And I thought about that and I thought, okay, I kind of see where she's coming from now. So I started doing that. I started writing to really specific avatars or ideal clients or whatever. And it works. Believe me, it works. And the moment I did that, everything changed because the way I was writing, you know, ad copy and that type of thing was to a very specific person and that way then you're then connecting to that very specific person. You're getting much better quality leads. You know, you're booking half of the leads rather than like a sixth, you know, or an eighth or whatever or 10% or whatever it is you manage to convert. It's just better. You're not, you're not waiting through piles of shit to get to the goal. So that was a really big turning point. And that was, if I could take anything from the year, I reckon that would be it. That would be the biggest thing. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's something so simple. Well, it's not simple, I guess, but something so that some people already know and is so basic. I think I'm one of those people who need to hear things 30 times for it to sink into my thick skull. But, yeah, that was one of the big turning points. The other thing that I, I came to the realisation was is what I actually want to do, um, which sounds a bit strange, I know, but like I, I, I just decided I'm not photographing kids. They're annoying. I'm not very good at it. Yeah, so some people are amazing at family photography and amazing with kids and I'm not one of them, you know, So and that's fine, like, whatever. Everyone else can have them. So what I've narrowed my business down to is essentially three things, and that is pets, which I love doing, boudoir, headshots, and uh, just general couple photography, you know, like married couples and things like that. And that's it, pretty much. I've still got weddings on my website, but I'm not really taking any. If one came along and was amazing, I might take it. But yeah, I've got a few more next year for 2022, which I will fulfill, obviously. I must say, I don't get terribly excited about them. So... Yes, and that's been really good. And I've actually been doing really well with headshots. I followed some of Steve's suggestions and some of the group's suggestions. And I sort of, it's not uncommon, like, for someone to come in and want one headshot and they end up walking out with, like, you know, $1,500 worth of photos, you know. That's not an uncommon occurrence at all. Because I just put them through Steve's sales system. I got a doctor come in, she wanted one and ended up with 15, you know. So that was amazing. And and I like it, you know. I, I really enjoy that work. The other one, my recent addition is the boudoir stuff, and I wasn't sure if I could do it. And because, like I've explained in pre, you know, when I explained in my original podcast, I think I explained it, is that I'm still like, even though I've been doing this a little while, I haven't got a long history in the photography business, so it's like I don't really know how it all works a lot of the time. I kind of exist in this weird vacuum, and I didn't know whether middle-aged douchebags like me could do boudoir photography because I'm a guy. I thought it was an area which women only did. Anyway. I talked to Steve and he said, no, 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 it's all, no, you'll be fine. So I did it and towards the end of this year and it's been hugely successful, hugely rewarding. It's just an awesome genre and the sales have been amazing and a lot of the reason the sales have been amazing is because I've gotten better at implementing the system. Like if I'd tried to do it last year, it would have just sucked. Uh, sucked sales-wise, I mean. Like I did four very, very recently and the sales were 60, hang on, 60 I think this is right. I've got my database in front of it. 6,800, 4,200, 
33 grand exactly and 1800. And the reason for those pretty good numbers is because I've gotten better at implementing the system. Like there was a period earlier in the year, I was kind of bogged at, or when I say bogged, I mean stuck at around 1500 to two grand. I couldn't seem to get past it. Um, it wasn't a mindset thing. It was just more, it was more I was doing it wrong thing. So I sort of dug in and looked into that more and talked to some different people in Steve's crew, watched some videos and things like that, and I figured out where the problems were. And so I sort of made some tweaks to the process in the way that they come in and um, when they come in on the day and do the session, because I do everything on the same day. So I do the set, I do the session, uh, cull the photos and then show them the photos in the design room. So I do everything all on the same day, all the in-person sales on the same day. So once I made those tweaks, I immediately saw the numbers go up and also better. And the other thing I've noticed is that, honestly, and, and this is not like some fucking, you know, what's his name, um, that motivating guy, Tim Robbins? I don't know, whoever that dude is. But this is true. Like what I've found is that the more that people spend – and I really, really, really believe this. This is not to try and make myself feel better or anything. This is just a straight-up observation, right? The more that people spend means that they are happier to celebrate what they've done and who they are and all that type of stuff. And they are the ones that give you the glowing reviews. They're the ones that are stoked. They're thrilled. You know, they teach the best money they've ever spent, all that sort of stuff. In complete contrast to the people who you get occasionally, and I've kind of weeded these people out a little bit, you know, the ones who turn up, they just want to do the absolute minimum, they're a pain in the ass, you know, like you get that, you know, you just get that resistance from them, you know what I mean, like everyone knows, everyone's had them. And uh, so in complete contrast to that, so so I've improved a lot as the year's gone by. Um, I'm really excited about having a clear run at the whole year next year with what I've learned this year. I'm genuinely excited about what I'm going to achieve because I actually enjoy developing businesses. Like I might have mentioned, it's fun, you know. I really enjoy it, you know. And the other realisation I've come to is that I'm happy enough being – so I think like a lot of us, you know, I suffered from – not suffered, but, you know, looked at my photos and didn't think they were that good, you know. And the trouble is, obviously, you compare – you know, if you follow people on Instagram and things like that, you're comparing yourself with the best in the world sometimes, you know. And I've just come to the realisation that, and this is going to sound really whatever, but I've come to the happy realisation that, that to use a football analogy, an Australian rules football analogy, is that I'm happy enough, you know, getting a game each week, being a B grader, playing on the wing, getting possessions and getting shit done. And what I mean by that is I don't want to be the best, you know, I don't want to put myself under that pressure. I'm happy just to be a good, solid professional photographer who gets stuff done and who is consistent. You know, I'm more than happy with that. I've got no desire to enter any stupid competitions. You know, I just want to be judged by my clients. And I really mean that. Like, if my clients are happy, I'm happy. And I'm not just saying that just to say it. I'm like, if they're happy, I'm I'm stoked, you know. And, um, yeah, so I don't know if that helps at all. I guess the other thing worth mentioning is that I really want to increase my marketing streams at to date, I've kind of just been relying on SEO and Facebook marketing, which is fine. But I really want to get away from doing as much Facebook marketing as I have been. So 
and then the reason being is because you're at the mercy of them, obviously, you know, so, you know, if they change their algorithms or whatever, then you're buggered. So the areas that I really want to get better at, I kind of started them and, and didn't do very well at them. And so it's an area of improvement is I want to have more business alliances. I want to establish, you know, six to eight good ones that constantly feed your leads. Uh, I want to do a much better job of referral marketing from the existing clients. I want to do a much better job of getting my existing clients back in again. I want to do a better job of getting them to spend more. And I want to do some expos. I want to get back out in front of people. And I also want to do a book project because Steve's got one of teaches you how to do one of those. And he says that it's a really, really, really good idea to get good at everything else before you do a book project because it will just destroy your life because of the complexity of it. So they're the things that I want to do and I want to stack them in addition to what I'm doing. And with the help of Tracy, who is Tracy's my wife, that will be achievable. Oh, 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 the big thing, the big, 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 big thing that I forgot to mention is I outsource all my retouching, which is makes me so happy because I detest retouching. I just hate it so much. So I now outs- I finally figured out how to outsource all that, and it is so good. If anyone is not outsourcing their retouching, do it. For me, it was a very simple progression because I'm not a great retoucher anyway. When I say I'm not great, at it, I mean I'm not like a real Photoshop legend. So for me, the bar was pretty low to begin with, which was awesome. So, and just to give you an example, I went out on site. I did 36 headshots on site for this pretty big company. I came back to the studio. <laughs> I had them all picked when I was on site, so I ran the um, I, I ran the headshot session from my camera, which then tethered to an iPad. They selected them on the spot along with a lady who was the coordinator of it, so they were all done. All the selections were done. I came back, exported all the photos, uploaded them, done. Move on to the next thing, right? So I didn't have to remove the glare from the glasses, do the remove the you know remove the shine from the skin, clean up all that bloody hair and all that sort of stuff. Done, you know what I mean? All dumped onto a plain background. So I'm stoked. So, so just that one thing, that one thing has just made my life so much better. So if you haven't, if you're not outsourcing your photos, if you're not outsourcing your retouching, I would strongly, strongly. <laughs> Suggest that you do that to, if you want to free up more time and not be stuck doing things that don't matter. So there you go. That's it, Andrew. I will leave that with you, mate. Hopefully that's helpful. So I'll sign out. This is Richard from Thrive Photography wishing you a Merry Christmas and a prosperous New Year. And thank you. I hope to see you in the group and around the traps. Have a great Christmas. Bye. Wow. What an update. Uh, Richard, mate, thank you again, mate, for taking the time, uh, to, for, for going into so much detail, for sharing uh, the info about your other business and the ups and downs. And, mate, it, it, what you say is so true. It's, it's never a clear, easy run. That is for sure. Otherwise, running a, a business, any business, would be so, so much easier. Mate, again... Thanks for the update. Looking forward to following your progress in 2022. Love your candor. Love your sense of humor. And I'm sure the overseas listeners will love your approach to the English language. (laughs) Very cool, mate. Thank you again. Next up, we're going to hear from Richard Hill. He is the Texas-based family portrait photographer, specializes in black and white, has an amazing backstory, definitely worth going back to have a listen to that. But I'm also looking forward to hearing an update on how Richard has been progressing through 2021. Here's his audio update. Hey, Andrew. Thanks so much for asking for the recap of the year. It's just been fantastic. 
Uh, I have no complaints at all. Really can't believe where we are right now as a studio. Uh, 2020, I thought that was just insane. We did $200,000 in sales. I just I couldn't believe it. I had Bernie for about nine months of that year. Uh, at the end of 2020, right around December 1, I think, we moved into this new studio and we have tripled the business. We've had probably right around 600,000 sales this year. We're doing, I don't know, 25 to 35 shoots a month, averaging, I think we're averaging like 20, I think it's right around 2,500 a session, maybe, maybe a little less than that. But things have been going really, really well. I've had Bernie this whole time. He's just fantastic. We talk every week for about an hour. I can call, text, email him anytime. He's been, Bernie's fantastic. I think people have heard enough about Bernie, but he's been, he's wonderful. So things have just been great, man. The studio, I'm just, I'm walking around in it right now. And thank you, Jesus. I can't even, never could imagine having a place like this. I mean, this moment, I think this studio is bigger than my own house. I think I, <laughs> I think I have more square footage than I do in my house. So it's wonderful. But anyway, man, I think things are expanding. We're trying to, um, you know, I don't shoot every day. I only shoot Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Friday, Saturday. I was shooting on Sundays. I was shooting any old time, you know, for a long time, uh, anytime anyone would take me. But now we can be a little picky, kind of, we can choose our days. But the studio is blank on Mondays, Thursdays, and Sundays. So we just hired a photographer, and she's just fantastic. She's going to, we're going to start booking her on Thursdays and Sundays. And hopefully, I don't think it's going to be a third more, but you never know. Maybe it will be. Maybe it'll be, I don't know, 20, maybe 20 to 30% more revenue uh, over the course of a year, I hope. So that was great. That was something that Bernie has talked to me a lot about over, I guess, the last year. We've kind of been talking about doing this. And I did not uh, pull the trigger on it. I was just, I really couldn't imagine anyone coming into my studio. And I mean, how am I going to teach them how to do my stuff? And because I'm, I'm not unique, but I kind of have a certain way of doing it. And and people kind of expect that, I think, when they come. So we're kind of working through that. But that was a real hesitancy for me to be able to hire someone to come in and shoot families under my name. But I got a little, like a couple of months ago, I had a, a cancer diagnosis that kind of wasn't expecting that. Uh, this year was the year of health. My wife proclaimed this is the year of health. And so we're starting to kind of get ourselves together. And I had a physical and I had to go to urologist, blah, blah, blah. I was diagnosed with a touch of prostate cancer, where, but thank God it's not the kind that it's the best case scenario, I think, for uh, if you've got to have it, it's, this is the best kind to have. So that, and then I was down for, I don't know, six weeks. The biopsy was just like a surgery for me, so it was pretty horrible. But that kind of got me thinking, I need, <laughs> I need some help around here. I had to reschedule shoots, uh, a lot of them, when that surgery happened, and it was kind of an eye-opener, I guess, in the fact that I didn't have anyone here to help me out. And a lot of those people, I shouldn't say a lot, but I don't know, a quarter of them that I tried to reschedule, I couldn't make, they just ended up canceling. And so that was kind of put this in perspective for me that I can't do this by myself. This thing is way bigger than I ever thought it could be. Not complaining, but this is, it's not a monster or anything, but it's, it's a huge thing now. It's just a really big affair. And I'm growing with it, but to be honest, it's not the, it's not the easiest thing. You know, life was a lot <laughs> logistically easier when I was shooting in that little, that little rented space in that church, you know, last year. But the freedom that I have now, it's just unparalleled. And kind of going through this cancer thing, knowing that I've got this studio running, 
if I need to take off now, I can take off. I've got someone to kind of shoot for me that I really, really trust. I've known this person for a long time and it's great. I mean, the cancer sucks. That part kind of sucks, but that's going to be okay. I really think that's like a 95% cure rate. I'm not one of these people that has to get chemo and it's horrible for them. I just feel for those people. I've got a good friend that's going through that right now. That's not me, but who knows? Who knows what the future holds? I'm 52 years old. No, actually, I just turned 53 two days ago. So having people in place to kind of uh, shore me up when I can't shoot and also maybe just to bring in extra revenue. Um, I never would have thought to do that. Never would have even, never would have thought to do that. That was a push from Bernie. And then of course it was a push from my own body. But uh, anyway, man, I just want to say thank you. I know that uh, if it wasn't for you, this would never have happened, Andrew. I would never have found Bernie. I would, <laughs> I would never be where I am right now if it wasn't for you. So I'm real thankful for your presence in my life. I know we don't talk all the time and I'm on the website, but I don't really comment too much on the, on the Facebook group, but I do get in there some, but I'm just real thankful for your continued support of uh, artists, photographers, and especially in this business place where a lot of us struggle. Uh, and I'm one of them. I love the creative side of this and I'm pretty good at that, I think. But the business side, I just need massive help for that, but that's okay. I can't do everything. I can do this one thing. I can do it pretty good and I can accept help from other people. And I'm, I'm thankful for all of that. So anyway, man, I hope you have a very Merry Christmas. I really appreciate everything and uh, have a happy new year. Thanks. Wow. What an update. Uh, first up, Richard, I'm so sorry to hear about the cancer. It does sound like it's the best kind if you've got to have cancer. And uh, I'm sure everything's going to work out just fine for you. I love the fact that you've used that to restructure things in your business and that uh, you know, you've know you taken on another photographer. You're going to get some extra help. You're going to free up some of that time because one thing I do know is that Americans, American photographers, Americans in general and in business, they seem to work so, so much harder than us Aussies. Uh, I don't know if that's a, a, a true stereotype, but uh, you know the fact that you were even working seven days a week, and I know we all do that at, at some point. You know when, we, when we're getting going, and uh, you just have to put in the hours. But I love that uh, things are starting to, to even out for you in regards to work hours, but things are still taking off as far as the actual business. So, mate, look again, massive thanks for sharing everything you did. You're in my thoughts. Love that things are working out so well business-wise. Keep us posted. We'll be following along, and I hope 2022 is amazing for you. Thanks again, Rich. All right, mate. Bye-bye. Uh, how, how good are these updates? These are so, so cool. Uh, if you're loving what you're hearing, if you think we should do more of these, let me know uh, in the comments area of the show notes or send me an email. Let me know inside the comments area of the Facebook group. I'm finding these enlightening and I really do hope you're getting something from them as well. We're going to finish off this episode with Scott, Scott Balsam from Dreams in Color Photography, who's working with Mark Rosetto. Here's Scott. Hey everyone, it's Scott here from Dreams of Colour Photography. Uh, since we last updated you guys, the May lockdowns really hurt our flow. Uh, we had five shoots booked from our opening promo that were postponed and they haven't been booked in since. Uh, a few were newborn shoots and then the deadline isn't there anymore for them to want to rebook um, anytime soon kind of thing. Um, that really killed our business productivity, but Luna has an awesome new room though, so you win some, you lose some. 
We managed to go the whole year until now with running only one competition promo, which was a pretty terrible idea, but we somehow managed to survive on it. We had a few people get in touch from seeing the studio as they drive by and book, which was great. Uh, and then for Halloween, we put together a set and did free photos and got some interest again from local people, which hopefully translates into paying customers down the line. We did Christmas minis and booked out. Uh, we only did one day this year. Uh, unlike all our previous minis, we did online galleries for the first time ever uh, instead of the in-person sales. And then the upselling really sucked. So definitely raising our base prices for the next set of Christmas minis. Um, throughout the year, we did 16 full sessions, which definitely shouldn't be taken as a reflection to Mark's marketing prowess. But what should be a reflection on Mark was that our average sale for the year was 2200 which we are really happy about. So we definitely got everything set up right the first time with Mark, and we know the system works. We just need to get more clients in. So to do that, we ran a Family of the Year campaign, which has just ended. Um, we had around 250 entries, so tomorrow we'll SMS those that qualify, and hopefully quite a few take us up on the offer of the voter gift certificates. We ran through with Mark the best approach for that, so fingers crossed it works out. Uh, I forgot to say, we also had a baby girl, Lily, in August, so I guess we have to account for that a bit when looking back on the year and reflecting on our wavering levels of enthusiasm. Um, when you throw lockdowns into the mix too. So overall though, we're really happy with where we're at and how we set up the business with Mark in the first place. And hopefully we can just carry that over into 2022 and just get more clients in. Forgot to mention also that while we aren't still doing one-on-one coaching with Mark, we are still always a part of, um, with Master Your Marketing, there's the fortnightly uh, accountability calls and then also shooting for success, there is the monthly calls. So we still have ongoing contact with Mark kind of thing. And then also he's always available, even now on holidays, we're bugging him. So apologies to his family, but we appreciate the time that he still puts in with us. Okay, well, that's about it from us. I guess we're going to try and get into the Christmas spirit now, so we're off to try and watch Die Hard. Thanks for that, guys. Bye. <laughs> oh, Scott, mate, thank you again for your update. Uh, I love hearing your updates, and uh, I know it hasn't sort of been a dream run for you guys. You've picked a, a super tough year to kick business off, but it does sound like you have all your systems in place that marks sort of set you off on the right foot. Should be a, hopefully a fantastic 2022. Congratulations on the birth of Lily, and uh, mate, please stay in touch. Please, please stay inside the group. Let us know how you're going, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure we're going to hear more from you throughout the year. Again, mate, thank you so much for taking part in the coaching diaries. Thanks for your updates, and wishing you every success for 2022. Thanks, Scott. Bye, buddy. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. I hope you enjoyed those diary updates from each of our diarists. Again, make sure you check out the show notes for today's episode. If you'd like to hear more from any of today's photographers, those show notes are at photobizx.com forward slash 452. And of course, if you are a premium member, each of our diarists are inside the members Facebook group. So feel free to tag them if you have a follow-up question, if you want to ask them about their coaching, any of the marketing that we're implementing. If you just want to say thanks for coming on and sharing like I do to each of you guys, a, a massive, massive thanks for taking the time to do what you've done, to record these updates, to appear on the show and keep us up to date with everything you've been up to. Massive, massive thanks. And 
from me and every listener, we are all wishing you every success for the future. And again, massive thanks to you, Nick, Richard, Richard, and Scott. Okay, that is just about going to wrap up today's episode of the show. Just before I do say goodbye, and in line with today's episode on coaches and being coached, you'll be happy to know that I've asked Katie Collenberg to prepare a course on book projects, which will be coming up on April 7th this year. Katie has a super successful portrait photography business in Canberra, Australia. She's been interviewed on the show a couple of times now. She is incredibly organized, very successful, and book projects has been one of her marketing strategies over the past years. It continues to be very successful in her business, generates a ton of bookings, and more importantly, a ton of revenue for the business. And she's going to be coming on and sharing exactly how you can do the same in your business. And if you're unfamiliar with book projects, this is where you partner with generally a charity that you're passionate about or believe in, and you go on to produce a book that features families, kids, pets, couples, Whatever, whatever you photograph or whatever you want to photograph will be going into the book. You advertise for subjects to go into the book. People put their hand up to say, yes, I want to be involved, either because they want to be in the book, featured in the book, or to support the charity that you're partnering with. And not only do you photograph for the book, the idea is that you make fantastic sales on the back end after those sessions as well. So this is exactly what Katie does. I've done this numerous times myself, so I can't wait to work with her to deliver this training for you in April. It's going to be a live recording, and from there, it's going to go on to be a standalone course. So more details coming about that in the near future. But I am really excited to be working with Katie on this project. So stay tuned for that one. Until then, have a fantastic week. Stay safe, healthy, and well, and I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. enjoyed this episode head to photobizx.com join the conversation leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with andrew and today's special guest